Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I was looking at the television. Charlottesville was headed for collision. I was looking at my telephone. Everything hit a little too close to home. Dicky torches in the park. Future's looking pretty dark. I appreciate why we all self-medicate. Okay, uh, we're we're gonna start with uh, a segment that is very occasional. You're you're used to Pierce's sorry every week. Uh, it's it's one of our favorite things that we do around here. Every now and then, we have a segment called Sean is sorry, and uh, this is this is one of those weeks where we're breaking glass in case of emergency. I, I've I've got one. Um, so for, uh, for some insane reason, uh, I had not turned off, uh, push notifications from Postmates. And so the other day I got a notification about, uh, some updated delivery options and I, I, I truly, I don't understand what compelled me to to look at it uh but i did oh i was going into the app to turn off said push notifications and it turns out that what they were telling me is that you could now specify in postmates uh how you wanted your driver to deliver things to you including uh to just leave it at your door and go away without making any contact with you at all. <laughs> and you, you guys, you know me. You know that uh, I have a tendency to not want to let the apps win and to get mad at, at the people about the apps. And so I had 15 seconds uh, where my entire field of vision was wiped out by a blinding white hot rage at uh, idiot technology users who were so afraid of human contact that they couldn't even be bothered to go uh, pick up a bag from a person who uh, made not nearly enough money to bring food to them. And then I realized it was a safety precaution because of the coronavirus. And I'm a fucking yes, idiot. Yes, yes. So yeah, I'm sorry because for being a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> did the feature have, like, a, a specific name? No. No, it, it did. Uh, it's certainly nothing that alerted me to the precautionary nature of it. Uh, I think the name is, and this is still, we're still uh, working through it. We're still storyboarding it. White I privilege. I think it's actually... No, it's not that. It's hey, jackass, consider your grandparents. Uh, so uh, limiting human contact. I thought it was called convenient drop off. <laughs> oh. 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 oh, I hate you. Or convenient uh, uh, drop off nineteen. <laughs> well, check back later in this podcast you know, for Max's sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but so so that's a situation we've talked about it recently. You know, is it antisocial or asocial? Some of the appification, but. Right now is a time of year when when a lot of people come together and uh, get very close to one another. Uh, 
and watch things on television or in person um, because it's it's about to be the the March Madness, which I don't know if that's TM or not. So if, if it's like the Super Bowl, we're going to get slapped with some lawsuit. But um, there is now, given that, that virus, which I don't want to spend too much time on because you've probably read 8 trillion things about it, but there is the very real possibility that we are going to be facing a March Madness where the madness is only going to be in the bar that you're watching it. Or maybe you're not going to watch it in a bar and you're just going to watch it on your couch, which, I mean, we all know from last year with UVA winning their national champions, just to, just a friendly reminder. Um, there can be plenty of imagine, you know, madness in your apartment or wherever, but there might be games with no spectators at the arenas. I I mean, might even seems like you're kind of undershooting a little bit. It's at this point, it's a borderline certainty that this is going to happen, right? I mean, yeah. At least, so uh, it's not. It's really not out of the realm of possibility if things get worse in the next, you know, in the next week that they could mm-hmm. postpone or cancel it. I mean, there there are other events that are getting canceled. You know, they they canceled a tennis tournament in California because, uh, you know, because you cancel events that are gatherings of big ass groups of people when there are contagious viruses spreading around the entire world, and that's what's happening right now. So, like, it, yeah, it wouldn't be and that I, surprising. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they already shut down the uh, Ivy League tournament. They did. They canceled it. Uh, Harvard, big mad because uh, Yale, who won the league during the regular season, uh, now gets the Ivy's uh, automatic bid uh, to a tournament. Though Harvard did just, uh, yeah. Though now Harvard is also saying uh, no more class the rest of the semester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I also, I also do want to point out in Harvard's defense, Sean they are not used to getting it any other way but their way so you have to understand they're not used to the ball getting taken away from them here so but in 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 truth i i think first sporting events i think are kind of unique in 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 that they really you have the people who are on the field of whatever stripe it is and then you also have the people in the arena and there's this this mutual engagement that is going on and I, I was thinking about that in the context of those being empty, those having no spectators, to – I do want to go to Max and, and Kevin because you are both – have grappled with some big events that have focal points and also spectators recently. Um, you know, Max – I think this was at the early end, but you just went to PAX. And I'm thinking about how that compares to a sporting event because you have people that are there. It has to have the spectators and it has to have the presenters and maybe a way, you know, where, how does that differ from a sporting event if you decided I'm not going to go to this conference? Interesting. So I think uh, a sporting event probably puts you in closer proximity to other people if you're talking Mm -hmm. from a safety perspective. Um, But I think a sporting event is probably safer because for the most part of the time you're within six feet of the same people mm-hmm. and especially at PAX you're going around it's a game convention so it's video games and board games which is a lot of controllers and game pieces that are touched by everyone <laughs> yes. um 
Pax is probably like the worst type of thing for for this yes. type of yeah. scare. It, it, um, and, to be honest, yeah. No, I guess then, I would say on on the flip side, I also went to Pax. The the thing at Pax because this is a, a big deal. There was actually a very strong presence of hand sanitizers and like one booth who had a, a virtual reality set up in between every use. The the guy who ran it. He himself went and wiped the, the controllers off between every person. Yeah, but what if uh, he's got that... coronavirus? Well, I mean, what, we should also stipulate that really the worst place for this is something like a cruise, which is where you're around a shitload of people yeah. and also no one can leave. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But like, I, I guess I, what I mean is at a sporting event, I feel like I'd be more likely to let my guard down and get caught up in the game and then not notice, you know, if someone behind me is like sneezing all over the place or, or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I benefit and, greatly from just being sort of antisocial. Yeah. Now, on the, I think differently, you know, Kevin, you are struggling with an event that I think you're going to go to, but the idea of of maybe more like a sporting event, a a wedding, which again the spectators are are participating, but in a way that's different than packs. There's really no there's no game controller you can go up, but your presence is felt by the people there because the people want you to be there. So maybe that is a closer analog of all things, a wedding to these big sporting events. Yeah, that I see what we're getting at there where the, the wedding is, you know, a party for other people to come and celebrate, um, specific people and a, um, you know, a sporting event. There's the competition. You want to see which team's better. Um, but, Ultimately, it's a show you're putting you're putting it on for the fans. That's what gets you. Well, not in the case of uh, no money. In the case of uh, the college athletes, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean the, they want to play against each other, but they also want to put on a show for other people, and they feed off the energy of other people. And it, the I I, you know, I can't imagine what it would feel like for them to play with no one in the arena. Yeah, eloping is very different than a marriage where people come from from all over just just like the same thing as if you you fly to i don't know hartford to play in a game and no one is in the stands that feels very strange but eloping is also really different from having a wedding in a church or whatever venue you have your wedding and then having a wedding reception that no one is at that's that's (laughs) what we're talking about here we're not talking about well i guess they're going to elope no no like you know yeah Kansas and and you know Michigan State or whoever aren't going to go like they're not going to go hoop at the Rucker for the NCAA championship. They're going to play in a cavernous football stadium with no one in it, and it's going to be stupid. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not going to actually storm a barn and play there instead. <laughs> right. Type of thing. But but I think that that you know I I think that. One thing uh, we've we've brought up a, a couple. Um, Kevin, you mentioned no money being involved. These we've mentioned a lot of these amateur, amateur with you know the the bunny ears around it, um, amateur events. But but LeBron James just kind of backtracked today because he initially said I'm not going to play if the arenas are empty, and he backtracked and said, Well, I, I would listen if the NBA thought about it. And I really do think that there may be. Let me not say maybe. I think there is a huge difference between what you're seeing with the NBA, what they're considering, the other U.S. major sports, Serie A, the Italian soccer league, 
uh, has said we're not going to have any matches until April. Um, the Champions League is not having spectators in the arenas, and those are home-and-home things, so that really matters. Uh, I mean, Sean, do you think that there is a big difference in how this affects pro versus amateur sports? Um, well, I don't know. I, I think that depends maybe a little bit on how much you buy into uh, certain uh, certain theories that you've been sold about uh, you know, pro sports being uh, a mercenary form of entertainment and college sports being all about the love of the game. Um, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's disconcerting, you know, just whether... I mean, just imagine. These are, are people who are, are used to doing what they do in front of crowds of some size. You know, you're... Uh, college basketball stadiums tend to be smaller. They tend to be in the ten to 20,000 sort of range uh, at the upper level. And, you know, rolling up to, uh, you know, 50,000-ish for some soccer stadiums. Like, you know, you're used to doing that around a shitload of people all the time. And so to take that away, you know, it that has to be, that has to be something that, you know, takes you off your rhythm and and disturbs you a bit. I I don't know whether it's more, I don't know whether it's more of an issue for, uh, for pros versus collegiate athletes. But I mean, think of sports are also at like different points in their seasons. The NHL mm-hmm. and the NBA are in their playoff pushes, but we haven't even talked about the fact that you know, despite. It's uh, despite it having fallen out of the uh, throne of the national pastime, uh, opening day still matters a huge amount for baseball and for baseball people. And yeah. uh, that's in two weeks. And yeah. uh, I think they're going to have an awful lot of trouble uh, getting uh, people into parks in Seattle in california i mean shit in maryland there are cases of the coronavirus in maryland i i would be willing to bet that if the orioles are are opening at home they're performing in front of empty seats they're probably the least affected by it you know of any team in american sports uh maybe the marlins but you know these are even though they're at, at kind of differing stages these sports are all in kind of pivotal time frames for them. Spring is a big deal. Yeah. I, I mean, the I, I think that I do see a difference, and this is somewhat cynical, in that with professional sports, I do think that they are going to do everything they can to make sure that butts are still in seats. If for no other reason than this is a, a business model. Those butts and seats, the revenue there, that's that's yeah. something that concessions. Um, and there are, and we should say this, and, and I was thinking about this as you were talking, Sean. There are people whose jobs are affected by this. They cannot work remotely. You cannot w- remotely sell concessions. Um, you know, South yeah. by Southwest, to, to go aside, just laid off a third of their full-time staff because they didn't have it this year. In your head, you might think that there's insurance for this. And there's not, you know, with a tournament like the the NCAA tournament, 
yeah, it's once a year, um, but the people who are in it every year change in a way. But if you're someone like the Lakers or the Rockets um, or, you know, the Caps anymore year after year, you kind of need that revenue. I mean, maybe you don't need it, but you bank on having that revenue and being able to employ people based off of the revenue of having extra playoff games. I mean, that's a, that's a big ticket item. Okay, so now yeah. so now you get to the important question of where does the money that matters come from? And I, I, I do think that you're a little bit wrong about this. The money that matters is not from butts in seats for the sports as a whole. The money that matters is uh, the TV money. So these mm, things are, mm-hmm. they're not, I actually don't think they're bending over backwards to make sure that there are still butts in seats. They're just bending over backwards to make sure that these things can still happen in some form. Because they sold, sold the season tickets already. Because yeah. if they still happen in some form, you can subject, <clears throat> you know, you can subject eight cameramen to, you know, the risk of catching <laughs> a dangerous communicable disease in order to put yeah. it on television. But, you know, so so I would be, I. I I think it's much more likely that these things are going to happen without fans than it is that they're not going to happen. I think that's a very good point on where the money's coming from. I think that ideally they would want both, but that does lead to the TV question, to another question, which is, Max, I think more so than me, um, you get really excited to watch sports on TV. I mean, I get excited too, but I think watching sports on TV, you will sometimes set up multiple TVs. It's a meme in a way, uh, at least locally here. Um, But how do you think your viewing experience is going to be affected if all you hear is squeaking shoes when we're watching uh, the first weekend of the tournament? Um, Yeah, that'll be different. I mean, I would still think that I'll hopefully be at some kind of gathering of folk watching so i feel like mm-hmm. at a bar if the tvs are muted i might not care but um yeah. yeah maybe they'll have to pipe in some some crowd noise or play some music i don't know that that does sound a little odd <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't put it beyond cbs that allows uh, augusta national to pipe in bird noises every year but we would probably notice yeah. <laughs> when you know uh, um yeah i mean do you, well, you think know, i'm just curious like oh Oh no, go ahead. Do you not think that like colleges would potentially be more interested in protecting their student athletes than say professional teams? Like I, I believe you that I think professional teams will go on and continue with the sports regardless of whether anyone's in the fans. Do you think colleges will attempt to save face by suggesting that they want to protect their students, especially considering we've already seen like colleges go fully online for the remainder of this semester? I mean they well they should they should, especially if you're a, but they i i don't know that they would yeah i don't want to open up a can of worms but you could cut you could honestly maybe teams are like i'm a 16 seed why the hell should i show up you know statistically speaking appreciate that we got a bid but i don't want to go there and get the crap beaten out of me by by kansas and i would also add that they are student athletes their job is not to be entertainers in the same way and i'm not deducing what LeBron or Ovechkin do to entertaining, but they are 
generating revenue from their entertainment value in a way that is very different than a student athlete for Norfolk State. Yeah. Like Duke no. isn't sitting out the tournament. Sure. That, right. Duke yeah. exactly. Duke is definitely not sitting out the tournament. And also, I mean, this goes back to here's what you were saying about the teams are not the same. The players are not necessarily the same. Like what about a team that, you know, what about a team that has seniors on it that's trying to gear up for one last run? Like you know, they they have they have a perverse incentive to put their kids in danger. Like it's, you know, and in danger may be a bit of an overstatement. I mean, we're we're talking about largely young people at the peak of their, uh, you know, immune system powers. But uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to see Coach K die on the sidelines of coronavirus. Like that would be no fun. So I, I, I'm glad you said that just to, just to make maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe they're gonna maybe they're invested in protecting their coaches. Yeah. So I <clears throat> for me, I'd actually kind of be fascinated um, not on the college side, but on the professional side. God help us if we're still dealing with this in June. But I think it would be very interesting to watch the NBA finals without any fans in the stands. <laughs> Am I alone in that? Like, yes, I think I I don't want to watch any of this stuff with no one there. Like it just would be weird. And so I also think too, if this become even if one thing we're we're not talking about is the idea of the emptiness, something that is the extreme. But more likely than not, you are going to see a good amount of emptiness because people are going to say it is not worth it. For me, it's something that uh, there was a, a post by an Italian doctor, Dr. Danielle Machini, um, and this is translated, but he was talking about uh, let's stop saying it's a bad flu uh, and says at the end of this post about what it's like in Italy right now. This is an Italian doctor. Um, so have patience, too, that you cannot go to the theater, museums, or gym. Try to have mercy on that myriad of older people you could exterminate, which sounds very extreme, but it's saying like – Yes, you may be fine. These these people at peak athletic and body powers uh, who are probably going to be fine, they're going to go back to the university with people who are immunosuppressed. Or Correct. you're going to go back from watching the finals game and you're living at your with your grandparents and they could get sick. So I think that these games are going to be empty-er regardless of what happens. Yeah, exactly. The, the point, when any one person thinks about this, the the natural place for your mind to go is how do I keep me from getting this virus? Frankly, you don't matter. You individually do not matter. The point is trying to limit the spread and to keep everyone from getting the virus. And, and so like, you know, everyone's calculus kind of has to change and, and, you know, uh, we have to think about other people besides ourselves. It's not, it's perhaps not our generational strong suit, but you know, it matters. It's really important. Think about someone besides yourself. Yeah. You know, this, this whole social distancing thing, like it's a funny phrase and you kind of make fun of it, you know, and that's, that's all fine. But like, there is a reason for it. Yeah. Communicable diseases and, and, spread by, you know, communicating. And I guess maybe one one last question that, that I have, uh, you know, Kevin, if 
if this comes about and you have mostly empty arenas or completely empty arenas for some of these big postseason games, be it the NBA Finals or the uh, college basketball tournaments, a team is going to win. I, I hope, hopefully, they play. We'll enjoy watching it. Are you going to think any differently or, or less of a team's winning a championship if they win it in an empty arena? Uh, I don't think so. I think that it's mo- in the NBA. I think it'd mostly be the same. Like I don't think that Dwight Howard's free throw percentage is going to jump up in the finals <laughs> because there's no one in the stands. Um, there could be some effect. I mean, there there probably is a larger effect in college, but uh, because each team is dealing with the same situation, I don't think that you could you could. Uh, say it's not not valid i mean if anything it makes it more valid because if uh you know san diego state had to play on the east coast they wouldn't be at a disadvantage because none of their fans show up even though they're a higher seed but they'd still but I mean, they also would still be at whatever disadvantage you normally get from a west coast team playing on the east coast sure i'm just or, saying even oh, no that actually that goes the other way that goes the other way never mind but still what i, what um, I mean is if, if anything else it equalizes it more than it makes it invalid I'm not sure it does actually. That's in, at least in college. That's a that's an interesting question. Like who, who, who does empty arenas theoretically help? I mean, you know the, the ever ever since the, the NCAA tournament made their switch and now play the uh, Final Four and the championship game pretty much exclusively in football stadiums. You know that's a huge difference that you are, are experiencing, going from a, a tiny stadium like Cameron at Duke, where the fans are like on top of the court, and there is almost no space to visualize behind the backboard. To you know, you're in Ford Field in Detroit, and you're literally you're elevated above the ground, and there's this sea of empty space behind the backboard before you get to all the people in the stands now it's actually going to be literally empty space i mean who who does that benefit do teams do teams start trying to like practice for that does it maybe benefit you know does it benefit senior laden teams who have a little more experience and less guys who are you know 18 i I don't know yeah Maybe it benefits teams that are like not as popular, so their home games are quieter. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Well, and, and, well, they, they, and, they, maybe they have a way of communicating that are. I don't know. You never know. Well, and and also Max, uh, a way of communicating makes me think of uh, how much are you going to miss the you know the fan reaction shots that that end up getting clipped together at some point on Thursday evening or Friday you you are going to miss that i think of or as we saw last year the auburn fan who celebrated too early and poured the beer on himself i think that's what he did <laughs> i mean that is a thing that is memorable and i i feel like we're it's going to be missed is it not yeah, we'll have to get a lot of cameras in in bars and um, a lot of TikTok <laughs> videos of reactions. Oh, Jesus! All right, now, well, now I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna get I, mad about apps again. That may be a perfect way to bring it full circle. So there, there. Go ahead. I I think there is one good thing before you you end on I think a, a positive note or somehow is is that the one thing we will get out of this that I'm excited for is that 
they're they're not going to be able to bleep it enough, but we are going to hear some prime trash talking. So in that sense, I will root for a Warriors game in which there are no fans because then we can hear whatever Draymond is actually saying to people. Because yeah, I yeah. bet it is. I've always wanted a pay-per-view where you could just you could pay a hundred bucks and just listen to players. Uh, but I don't, think, I don't think I don't think the players' well, association would allow that. So uh. well, you realize if you if you want that, you can just turn. Turn to the guy who has plenty of experience with manipulating noise levels to make it seem like the crowd is louder or quieter than it actually is. Watch the XFL. This is, Vince McMahon Aww. has a has a storied history of uh, having crowd noise levels uh, at WWE events manipulated on TV. Uh, it, yeah, it's, what's, it's that? Gross, what's that? What's really. that? What's that? Uh tournament the cbi i don't want to watch the equivalent of the cbi uh i I don't either and here's the thing uh people that watched week one of the xfl uh realized that because they didn't come back for weeks two and three uh so you know i i think we 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 may be seeing uh the uh new boss be the same as the old boss as it were uh at you know with regards to the XFL. Uh, but yeah, I, okay. So you, you've got me back in, uh, you know, uh, you got me back in to the idea of watching these weird fanless games on the possibility that I'm actually going to get to hear Mike Krzyzewski loudly curse out his players. I think that would be really <laughs> cool. I don't care what Draymond says. I actually don't care what Draymond says at all. Uh, but I do kind of want to hear uh, Coach K uh, mother bleep a couple of his players. I think that would and be not do and not do any actual coaching, right? <laughs> He's got John Shire for that. Yeah, well, I think we should really oh, no. take it to the extreme and actually not even have cameramen. We should just have uh, people go to the game and write about it. You have to read about it in the newspaper. There, there aren't any newspapers left to do that, so that would be really unfortunate for, for some of those 15 seats who are from small places. Right, and they're curtailing media access to these events anyway. The, uh, the four, oh. the big four. Uh, I mean, they haven't, they haven't shut it down altogether yet, uh, but the, the big four leagues put out like a joint statement this morning um, about uh, shutting off locker room access, at least, uh, which is one of the big reasons that people go to these events to cover them is to get, you know, get locker room access and, and actually hear from players. So, uh, we'll, it is going to be kind of fascinating from like a media coverage perspective to see how all of this plays out. So maybe, maybe I'm back in, maybe I'm back in. I'm thinking I'm back as John Wick would say, uh, breaking news as we're talking, uh, a player, trapped a professional basketball player trapped in uh italy right now because of the lockdown and and uh for the coronavirus has spoken to slate the man's name akil mitchell oh oh that's exciting <laughs> well, we'll get you to... he's been all over the world and had misfortunes happen to him stay strong akil <laughs> hang in there chief uh yeah so uh if you have uh if you have thoughts on on uh coronavirus's effect on sports uh give us a shout we're at pretty okay pod on facebook or twitter 
Uh, okay, now we will move on to the apology you expected to get when you hit play on this podcast. Pierce is sorry. What is on the docket today? So I was recently at uh, a friend's friend's house, and uh, I saw some things hanging in their their apartment, uh, in their kitchen area. And I asked them if they had a drill, and they said yes, of course. Um, and so what I'm apologizing for this week is is ultimately my laziness, but really my laziness is laziness's effect on other people. Um, in that one of the things I was admiring was a magnetic knife strip. Uh, I have people come over to my house or apartment frequently, and, and a lot of times there will be cooking involved. And, and now I have someone who, who can partake of that all the time because I have a roommate now. Um, and I have also had a magnetic knife strip for over four years. <laughs> but I have never put it up because I was too lazy to get a drill from somebody. And so I'm apologizing for this because I realize I have been so lazy for over four years with a knife strip that I can almost see from where I'm sitting. And so I could have avoided all those times where people are looking for knives and there's stuff on your hands. And, and also it would have helped, I mean, it would have helped me, but more so other people. Cause I know where my stuff is, but you don't know where it is. And all I had to do was ask someone for a drill, which apparently lots of people have. And so I'm sorry, you know, and they, this affects you three also because you've probably asked where are your knives, and this could have been easily <laughs> fixed. But I'm too lazy to do. And I had a drill. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, All right. Well. <laughs> and, and you've waited until the time when you're not supposed to have human contact to go. Wait, maybe I should have just asked someone for a drill. So really, you know, yeah. you kind of you kind of double blew that one. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we will close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's it's weird as we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, kind of quarantining yourself off from the rest of the world uh, for me to recommend cramming yourself into a small room packed full of sweaty people uh but uh assuming that it's still happening uh and if you are in the charlottesville area on friday uh i would uh i would suggest that you head to the southern uh because a band called Shagwolf is uh doing an album release party and uh i got to profile them for seville magazine it, uh, that actually should be out today as you listen to this uh and we'll use some of their music for this episode but uh you know i got to talk to the band uh they were a true delight to talk to they were so much fun uh, and and you know uh one of their songs is kind of prompted by the uh horrific august happenings of a few years ago uh but somehow despite it being a very heavy song lyrically it's still kind of like a, an upbeat fuzzy scuzzy rock song and then it's like disco elements it's just like the the record is called dog days of disco it's officially out on friday um and so you should listen to that uh when it's out and if you get a chance and the show is still on at the Southern, like go check them out. They're just, they're fun. And, 
you know, as we've said eight gazillion times on this show, like local bands deserve your support. They're doing fun stuff. And, you know, it's when a, a ticket to a show is like 10 bucks, you should, you know, you should go check it out if you have time because it's, you know, it might make your whole week. Um, okay. On that note, uh, that'll be the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to our feed on your podcast app and device of choice. Uh, if you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Back.